everyone welcome to the property journey podcast uh beginner day expert mr dugan how are we back mm. again good good the weeks disappear don't they the weeks disappear <laughs> and we're always busy i always find um been an interesting week in the property market there's been a few things that i've picked up on on my on my research as i say um obviously want to become the expert but we're a long way off yet um i had noted down that obviously in the news we touched on it actually the last episode was the renter reform bill Mm -hmm. so again england only at the minute but uh there was different things in the news about it uh about you know certain things to help renters as well as the the landlords for stuff to do with eviction notices and stuff as well in there Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out will be in the in the mainland as such first and obviously then i was reading as well that a couple of mortgage companies have dropped their uh the mortgage rates based on the, the good news of inflation starting to come down so well as, as we've always said you know interest rates have been going up and up and up and that's the bank of england's way of, of trying to control the economy and we have seen every time the bank of england has put up an interest rate it has had an impact on mortgage rates because yeah. banks are just you know high street banks just don't know what's going to happen for the next week or two so they can be a bit hesitant and they maybe pause applications or they maybe pause um their rates and things like that so it, it certainly sound it's sounding positive that uh, high street banks are getting back on board inflation's coming down we've still a fair bit to go now oh, to get to reach to yeah. reach the target but it's definitely at least it's heading in the right direction i think whenever i was doing my reading it was more the it had come down inflation rates had come down more sort of it had come down more than what they were expecting therefore the the banks or the the mortgage providers have sort of so sent out positive positive so, uh, feedback or vibe to, yeah. to the high street market yeah and to, to that news so i was following a wee bit and kind of keeping my eye on, on what was going on and there were a few things that i picked up on um but today's episode i want to focus on specifically um house prices mm-hmm. and how you, in general in general how you kind of do you maybe decide your house price what maybe implications on your house price say for example if you have an older property a newer property where your property is located or the areas that you're maybe looking to buy in you know how is that kind of house because we all know that in different areas house prices and different types of house mm-hmm. you have different house prices so I kind of wanted to discuss just in a, in a general form how that's decided maybe certain things that you need to consider um, as well so that's kind of where where I see this episode going um, to make it quite clear this is going to be specifically house prices and not mortgage rates yeah. you know uh, because obviously some people do tie in house prices and then the price of a mortgage and they mm-hmm. might think that that's what we're talking about but it's specifically what you're going to pay for the house in terms of the the grand figure yeah. as we like to say so like what in an overview and i suppose in a nutshell what would be the primary factors that would influence a house price as such generally generally you see the likes of the style or the type of the property so you normally find maybe apartments you know would be at the at the at the entry level of prices then you move up to maybe a two-bedroom house three-bedroom house whether it's a semi-detached whether it's a, even a townhouse terraced house uh, up to a detached house so they're the different factors 
and then you start to add in maybe the the age of it the condition as in you know is it structurally in good order then internally is it is it modern and then you move on to location you know whereabouts in the country is it is it uh, urban is it rural is it more in, a, in an upmarket area so it's, it's a mixture of all those things put together then has basically um, initially determines the price and then ultimately the market demand as in how much is somebody willing to pay for a property in that area is what 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 uh, sets the price and and even just from hearing that there's no easy kind of calculation that you can kind of make that is going to decide your house price then without the likes of you know, an estate agent or, or a valuer or you know, a surveyor would be able to really home in on that but generally just there's no exact no exact from my point of view there's no exact science to it but certainly maybe in a few weeks time we'll get we'll get somebody in and we'll, we'll put that exact question to them well 100 percent. actually that's a that, that'll be a good idea i'm not sure if they'll be happy enough because god knows what i might hit them with um but you know we'll definitely try and get that and if they maybe do have a, an exact science um so like obviously then there's there's different things as well we've already talked about you know some of those in, in terms of the you, you touched on it the sort of the market side of things which again is going to bring in your your inflation and your interest rates it's also going to decide on the value of your house because it's impacting the market it, it, it would have an impact it would have a, a factor on it so ultimately initially people are going to want a product and the product is the house that they want to buy in the area that they buy and then if they haven't done their homework then they'll start to look at the the finances side of things and at that point that's when people start to figure out have they got enough deposit how much do they have to borrow and how much is it going to to cost them and i suppose like you know in today's market as well obviously as we've discussed uh, interest rates have risen therefore some people are quite hesitant with their their money and their finances therefore if there's a lack of demand in the in the market the prices can fall would that be a fair assumption obviously you still have to consider the supply yeah and and at the minute we we've well documented that rental properties and also people trying to buy houses mm -hmm. the supply is still relatively low anyway so at, at the minute you know, prices are always determined by supply and demand and i know locally in the area that i operate from you know there is still a big shortage of good quality properties and generally if there's a good pro good property on the market there's, there's there's there does be good interest in it and there can be a rally in the price and that, that was actually again flip back to my to my news reading this week um there was actually saying and again they didn't actually give northern ireland specifics but they were given specifics in the mainland that for some properties there's a list of up to 30 people trying to essentially get that one property mm -hmm. you know and that's a clear sign of the demand yeah for housing and for properties and well i suppose you could say the uk but you've already seen that resonating here as well yeah absolutely and in terms of then as and that's the supply and demand and again supply demand that kind of market side of things with inflation and interest rates is all a major part of it as well but what about the regional or like geographical location 
of your house because it, it's quite interesting sometimes because if you flick on to you know an estate agent or a, mm-hmm. or a website that's that's listing properties you can see sometimes that there's houses in the city center that are quite cheap but in return you can see houses in the countryside that are quite cheap and vice versa some in the city center are quite dear some mm-hmm. in the countryside are quite dear you know is would it be more affected by location where it's close to a certain area or it's a number of things it's, it's the area uh communicate or you know uh, access you know roads transport things like that but generally some areas you just become you know if they're affluent or, or they're, they're a wee bit more up market and nearly every town is like that as well some developments for instance would maybe get a reputation whereby it's a particular class of person or or you know profession that maybe buys in an area and that can have an impact on on the price as well and i suppose that's uh, i never actually thought about it but if in a certain area there's a lot of new housing developments and there's a lot more positivity say in and around that local area mm-hmm. that can also have an impact because it becomes a highly sought after sought after i can think of two three developments for instance maybe in and around Porto Down, that literally the builders nearly don't even have to advertise they've got such a fantastic reputation that they build uh, you know, a different type of a house it's the finish the quality is, is unbelievable that people are completely queuing up they can't wait to get those houses and even on a resale market we see that if a house goes up for sale in any of those developments they're snapped up so so quickly and and that can have a positive impact on the the local area as well because if more people are moving into for example you use the example of Portadown if more people are there and there's maybe more jobs being created in that mm-hmm. area then Portadown becomes a highly sought after area. Yeah. Therefore, houses outside of even those developments, I would assume the prices may start to rise then because there's more of a demand in that one local area. Yeah. yeah. Well, to give you a good example, what I've seen over the years is generally Belfast is quite an expensive area to purchase in. And over my almost two decades of this, I've seen then a lot of people maybe who maybe Belfast is outside their budget. So what they do is they buy in and around Lisburn, for instance, because it's you know it's there's the the motorway it's so close yeah. to it, so we saw a big demand in Lisburn. Then we're now seeing that there's a demand for the likes of the Dromore area and the Bambridge area, so it's coming out and out and out. So they're still like on the motorway dual carriage the way within maybe 20, 40 minutes you're straight into into Belfast. So that's a good example of of how an area can uh, rise in price and then have a have a knock on yeah impact. Uh, and nearly the what you would describe as the ripple effect it's like a like a pebble in the pond yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you could go around in circles in some of these things as well and i had previously mentioned there about the job market and um it can have an impact on on house prices as well if there's say for example high unemployment um, mm-hmm. which we would have got probably 15 years ago when you know obviously the housing crash and stuff like that and high unemployment would then lead to obviously essentially people not being able to afford to buy a home yeah therefore prices would come down yeah it's back to the supply and demand but if there's strong employment yeah which which we have seen over the course of the you know the last 15 years where we've been building and building and building and there's a shortage of workers as well so that you know there's 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 plenty of work and there's not enough people to actually 
do the work. So um, affordability generally shouldn't be an issue for, for, uh, well, for a lot of people because there's plenty of jobs out there. And, and I suppose, again, that reflects on, on a certain area. If there's strong employment in a certain area, people tend to want to obviously live close to the, the place of work. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a strong employment base in and around a certain area, you're going to find there's more demand for houses in that area. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I myself is from the, the Causeway Coast area, and I have noticed that there's been a real demand in that area mm-hmm. um, for housing. And that's even outside of the town. Sometimes it's around the, the coastal areas. Again, is the flip side the, of that mainly due to some people like the like the location yeah. because it's on the north coast? The north coast, it's, it's a slightly different topic, but I suppose the, the principles are the same. The north coast, has there's been a lot of demand for the north coast and there's a big shortage of properties. And the demand is probably driven by a number of people who want to buy a second home. Maybe people who have seen quite a few people maybe who are English or from somewhere else and they're, they want to buy, they can sell up in England and buy a beautiful, maybe even a bigger house on the North Coast and end up being being mortgage free or cash free. And a lot of people working from home. That's that's actually quite interesting that, you know, so that that's even bringing in people from, from the mainland essentially yeah. that are moving across because property prices, would you say, are generally cheaper? I, the, the, in, in the mainland, prices have always been much higher. Likewise, prices are a lot higher in the South. But what we have seen is a good rise in the last, you know, maybe two to five years in Northern Ireland. So we are we are catching up. We are catching up. But the North Coast, to go back to it, is a highly sought after area. And that's what's drawn people from, from all over. And I suppose, actually, even though you think about that point, you know, that's it's nearly more common sense because <coughs> the cost of living in Northern Ireland, generally speaking, would have been cheaper than... Lower than, than the mainland, yeah. Hence the, the knock-on effect of that. Sometimes, you know, you spring these things <laughs> in my head, so you do. Talking um, out loud, you always think these things. <laughs> um, and again, like, you know, it's back to that aspect as well of the, the consumer confidence mm-hmm. in, in house prices. And it's more, you know, sometimes you decide whether or not you want to purchase, for example, a new water bottle. Mm-hmm. If I have the, you know, my consumer confidence is kind of going, I can afford it or I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. That can obviously have a, a knock-on effect then on, on terms of the supply and demand yes. again. It, it comes back to you buy and you commit yourself to what to what you need. Yeah. So for instance, if it's something where you want to buy a holiday home and you know, you've got affordability and you've got the money there and it's something that you're going to use, well certainly buy it. Likewise, if you're buying a house to live in, you know, buy a house that suits your needs. The big issues normally arise whenever people maybe out, you know, they stretch themselves too far, where they're they're just living well, well beyond their means. You know, they maybe want the bigger house that they shouldn't have or that they don't need. You know, it, it's in an area where they probably could do without, but simply this is a matter of maybe they're drawn to the fact of being able to tell people where they live, as yeah. opposed to does that property actually suit their needs. And generally, if you buy a property that suits your needs, it, it's regardless of whether prices go up or go down, because it's, it suits you. Yeah, and like, I suppose that's, that's an interesting point, because we, we've discussed previously about, um, the, you know, your house shouldn't essentially be what it looks like. Mm. It should be, does it suit your needs? Does it 
carry out everything that you needed to do? Is it going to be livable? Are you going to be happy mm-hmm. in it? Yeah. You know, those, those styles of things. So I suppose, as you say, price maybe shouldn't matter in, in those aspects, but it, it's obviously going to matter because it needs to still be within your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, do you, obviously then the con- condition and age is something that you brought up as well, you know, so, and you, you never know what way that's going to work either because, you know, and I'm not saying that all new builds or anything like that there, but a new build, you would assume the condition of it is going to be up to a higher standard than an older well, the, the big the big benefit is with a brand new house you get a 10-year warranty mm-hmm. so at least you've, you've the comfort of knowing that for the te- first 10 years of ownership that if there's structural issues there you know you're covered but then likewise you know with a with a, a pre-owned house you know it might be something where you want to actually come in and you know put your own stamp on on the house so it comes back to again your, your needs and your your, your wants and I, I, like that, can, you know, the condition age side of things as well is uh, like a lot of people sometimes think to themselves, I need a new build house because it's not, um, you know, it's not that old. It's maybe only two or three years old. Mm-hmm. I should be able to get 20, 30, 40 years out of this. The flip side of it is, is, is an older house as well has been built and still standing mm-hmm. after 20 years, you know, yeah. so like... The age sometimes I think people maybe focus on and kind of go, oh, it's an older house. I'm not too sure about that. Whereas if you think on it, on it's a house mm-hmm. and it's meant to stand and the chances of having real issues with it is probably quite slim. Yeah. Especially if you obviously get a survey done to make sure that everything's in order. You know, so like would you say age from a personal opinion is important or not not particularly no you know i suppose one one comment that will quite often come up is some people maybe think with an older house it's harder to heat that could be arguable but i think if the house is run properly it generally shouldn't be an issue so a surveyor informed me one time is just to explain an old house it's not built like today new houses today generally have two rows of block or bricks and you have your cavity inside Whereas traditionally years ago, hundreds of years ago, it's simply a solid wall built with stones. So what a lot of people do is they maybe come in in the winter, they turn the heat on for an hour. Yes, the heat will, will throw out of the radiators and the, the rooms will heat up. But as soon as you turn the heat off, then the temperature will drop down again. But if heated properly, so you know, if the heat's on regularly for longer periods, those stones over a period of weeks and months will just gradually heat up and heat up and will hold the heat so that then little you know you don't need as much heat on so for instance in in my house at home whether i'm during the winter months if i'm home at night or in the evenings or not the heat is still on for a set number of hours in the morning in the evening to keep a constant heat i'm not saying you keep the heat on all the time there's, there's different theories about that as well but what I'm saying is you don't let the temperature of the house drop dramatically dramatically, yeah. um, because you're losing the efficiency and getting the house heated up again. So if if run properly, they're, they're you know, uh, an older house shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be put off by an older house. And, and I suppose uh, as well, like, you know, it's like I've, I've obviously before previously lived in a, in a terraced house as well and the heat and, and the, even those houses because of they're stuck in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, you've only got your front and your back essentially that's yeah. exposed. Yeah, 
the heat in the upstairs of them sometimes could would nearly put you out. Yeah. You know, and but if you had a bungalow, you've maybe got four walls that are, you know, out facing and essentially could end up losing more heat with, with that. So there's probably different things that you could really you know, we could probably get bogged down yeah. and they really discussing this and, and having a real debate about it. It's a complete different topic. You know, house on that note actually comes with an energy performance certificate mm-hmm. and it gives you a rating of, of uh, how efficient the house is. So that can give you an indication before you, you buy the house. And it could be something that, yes, the rating might be a wee bit lower than what you want, but it does give you suggestions as to what changes need to be implemented to increase it. So it might be just the case of in, you know, buying a new boiler, replacing mm-hmm. the boiler, and those sorts of things. I, I would the the likes of um, like insulation and stuff fall in under that as well. You know, it'll yes. So an EPC will give you all that. It'll it'll tell you if there's insulation in, or it'll maybe give you an assumption of if there's insulation and what the rating is. And perhaps if you did increase or install insulation, then uh, that'll improve it. But on a separate note, or, or a bit similar to it, is all brand new houses have to have a minimum rating. And then there's new requirements as well of the type of heating systems and things like that. And that's more of a drive by the, the overall government to try and keep a, it's probably not so much to do with living costs or, or efficiency, it's really more so about the, the environment as to, to reduce the, yes. that, I that impact. Does that sort of filter into if you're the house, for example, is well insulated and it holds the heat, for example, then you shouldn't need to burn as much. In theory, yes, you're, you're, you're burning less less fuels and spending less, fuels. less money, yeah. And would you say, Roy, every market you hear of has a cycle? Mm-hmm. And I, again, I might be completely off topic here, but would you say that the property market itself has a cycle where, you know, there's obviously peaks and troughs you know is that kind of common it can be so in theory and over a long period of time property will will rise and you will come up and down peaks and troughs as to how much a price drops and how much a price rises it completely depends on the factors at that time which we're essentially talking about yeah at the start of the podcast here i can remember 20 years ago house prices the houses being built you know at that time people thought the prices were were absolutely crazy there's a local development i can remember a builder built them i think where they were being sold for maybe fifty thousand sixty thousand and at that time people thought that was completely crazy and they were maybe a wee bit slow to sell and that house today at fifty thousand is probably worth not far off a hundred and fifty thousand I know, and that, that's actually quite interesting as well because I remember now we're probably chatting well over 10 years now, um, but Bally Kelly, the army camps, mm-hmm. the housing within them was being sold off. Right. And at that stage, some of the houses were being sold off for, I think it was between 30 and 40,000. You know, and we're chatting potentially, it was about. 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and they pick up a house for 30 or 40,000, 10 or 15 years ago is even quite scary to think about, yeah. you know, considering today's house prices. But generally people at that time probably thought that was a wee bit more, uh, that was, that was a, uh, bit, a uh, bit costly. A lot of work to be done to them, yeah. you know, there's, there's no denying that either. Um, obviously they were probably sitting quite derelict for, mm-hmm. for a few years or whatever. So there was a lot of probably cleaning and, and updating and stuff needed to be done to them. but. 
you know, in per, for that stage, as you say, that they would have been considered quite, you know, costly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't be too sure what the price would be now for them. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would say it's a considerable bit more. So, and I suppose it's like everything is the supply and the demand rises and, and falls. Obviously, your prices has to, has to match that. Mm-hmm. You know, if the demand's not there in the market, you can't simply charge an arm and a leg for a house because no one's going to no one's going to pick it up and the same that if the supply is quite high yeah your price has to match how high that is um and like what would you say are the the common like misconceptions around prices you know for for some people they might look at a, at a house and you know they see a five bedroom house somewhere and it's two hundred thousand, for example then they look at another one and it's two hundred and sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. They kind of go, why? You know, like, is there any common kind of misconceptions, or is it kind of most of the reasons that we've talked about? A big, a bis- a big misunderstanding is really, or maybe a misinterpretation is confidence. You know, in times of uncertainty, you know, people maybe start to think, oh, I'll hold off and I'll hold off. I'm not going to buy. And it comes back to if you need a house, you know, it's probably best to go on ahead and do it. You know, to give you an example, back in late 2020, coming out of COVID, I was coming across quite a few clients who were saying, you know what, things are going to be bad here. And they actually sold up and got out of the market. And lo and behold, between 2020 and 2023, it's probably been the biggest rise that that there's ever been. So likewise, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty that's that can be filtered incorrectly at the minute because in England and Scotland it's a completely different market to us. They have different price rises and price falls, and if you hear that on the media, a lot of people misinterpret that for Northern Ireland. We're completely different. We have our own market. So if it is something that you want to research, make sure you're researching the data for Northern Ireland as opposed to the mainland. But if you really want accurate data simply phone around local estate agents and, yeah. just, and just see what, what what the state of play is. And when you start to bid or look at a few houses, you'll soon start to see if the, you know, that there's demand and uh, people are still bidding on properties. Well, that's what I was, I was going to suggest, that obviously the estate agents themselves are essentially on the ground mm-hmm. dealing with it, you know, day in, day out, you yeah. know, and they've got new listings coming in or they've either sold properties and they could probably give you a fair yeah. guesstimate on what a price is in a certain area for exactly what you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because there's there's certain things, as I say, and, and the point that you raised there as well is, is the, the news, the news can be quite dumb and gloom about everything. It always is. And, and it, it always, always is. is. No matter what, you turn on the news, sometimes I wonder why we all sit and watch it because most times there's nothing actually, you know, positive about it. Um, and, and I think I've touched on this before, um, where the news can sort of be quite doom and gloom and it's worst outcome and it's this big headline that, you know, things are going to go bad. And, you know, I suppose if you have a, a better understanding on it and, as you say, do your own research. Mm-hmm. And as well, if it's still within your, your means, yeah, you know, there should be no... There should be no real reason why not to go and purchase a property if you know that it's still within your means and you know that it's it suits your needs and 
essentially maybe need a house and and it's within your 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 timeline as such then then go ahead because as we've said before in the if you look at the overall graph you know property prices were you know like if i remember my parents bought their house it was probably and around twenty five thousand pound, you know, for me, I'm kind of going twenty five grand to buy a buy, house. Buy ten of them. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I bought ten. I, I bought ten of them a few years ago. If I had a chance, you know, and you know, for for that to then increase over the years, and you understand that you know inflation and stuff, that house is maybe currently worth what it is now, mm-hmm. and a fair, you know, that a fair guide essentially, but. Prices are always going to go up. Yeah. And we've seen that with everything, food and fuel. And, you know, like as I says, during lockdown, I couldn't believe the fuel was back down at 99p. And look at where it is now. It went as high as £2. It's come back to 140 but it hasn't dropped back to 99p again. You know, and what's the likelihood of that? See, for pr- property prices, a safety net is in place there for the, the borrower because, or for the buyer because they're getting a mortgage. So it's not really the buyer who's owning the house, it's the bank yeah. who's buying the house. So they're sending somebody out, a valuer, to make sure the house is worth what you're paying for it. Make sure you're not overpaying for a property. So that's a safety net for buyers. Like, I suppose it, it does. It boils back down to whether or not it's a you, yeah. you know, as you say, and your needs come into it, and also then, you know, certain areas and. The, you actually made a point I think in one of the, the previous episodes was to search around mm. you know because I could be set on a certain area and you know I want a two or three bedroom house in that area that's me I want it mm-hmm. if I obviously said to an estate agent or whatever they could try and go if you could get a four bedroom house five miles down the road yeah, in that area for the same price yeah you know, is it, I suppose if when it boils down the house prices, the best bet would be to speak to an estate agent. Yeah. Who's going to know more? It's all about your needs. I've come across different people, as you say, having to be sold up in the Donnacloney, Craig Avon area, and they were able to actually find a house maybe out in the Tyrone area, and it was a bigger house suited their needs, and it was maybe for a similar amount of money. And that's simply down to different areas, different locations, different prices. And again, that can fluctuate, you know, completely. Um, I know obviously the big one at the minute that a lot of people would talk about would be Dublin. Mm-hmm. You know, and just how crazy they're, you know, Dublin itself, the prices of, of property. But if you go, like, essentially the rest of the island, you know, mm-hmm. they're saying it doesn't match. Yeah. You know, Dublin nearly has its own property market uh, essentially because of the, the the huge distortion between that area and yeah you know the, the the rest of the country which is quite interesting you know to, to kind of see that developing yeah there's a lot of international investment things in in dublin too so back in that that's has an impact too it's back to the job the uh, strong employment rates and then obviously then the demand for the housing yeah well, that's all interesting, so it is, because, you know, like house prices is, a lot of people do decide mainly on their their house based on their house price, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it maybe is worthwhile kind of looking at it and going, yes, it's within my budget, but does it really suit my needs? 
you know, and I suppose getting people to sort of think more about that and, and thinking about their needs rather than maybe the price of the property first, mm-hmm. you know, and then deciding that way. We'll leave it there today. I don't want to grill you. you too much. Um, so as Roy's already suggested, we, we do hope to actually maybe have a, an estate agent coming in very shortly. Um, not in this episode, but certainly in the future because mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to get a few questions and, and some of these topics they, they may be able to give us uh, uh, maybe another completely different insight um, so remember everyone to give us a, a follow on all our platforms uh, subscribe to the podcast as well and remember if you do have any questions that you would like us to answer um, remember to hit us up on social media as well send us your message and let us know if it's for the podcast or not and we will answer the questions so thank you very much all for tuning in again thank you Roy thank you for providing your knowledgeable insight no problem and uh, we'll be back soon with the next episode brilliant <laughs>